Welcome back to another episode, the first like real episode that mm-hmm. isn't about COVID type stuff, which is kind of a relief. But anyway, today we're going to discuss, I think, about animal rehoming, like rehoming your own pet, adopting a rehome pet, that kind of thing. Uh, but to start off, I've got a bit of a icebreaker, workplace icebreaker. Uh, so Locke, what are the three worst things you've smelled this week? I can't actually smell, but I can tell you what I can. Oh, right. I can tell <laughs> you general things. I can like sense probably one of the worst things is like ammonia or like day old salad. Like, you know, when you clean your tortoise <laughs> tank and then they just have old salad oh that's God. been sitting there just, especially if there's fruit. Oh. The like the one time you give fruit, they're probably the nastiest shit. Why do you ask? Well, I don't know. Mine is just like ringing in my memory. So the top three would probably be um well third Maine Coon anal glands to a decaying snake and one a de- even more decayed rat inside the decayed snake wait what <laughs> so like sorry you're gonna have to run that by me again reticulated python like six feet long it was cut open for a necropsy and there and it was already kind of like decayed and there was like a decomposing rat inside of it so like the two smells together just made like yeah not the best odor I yeah I can thankfully say say like I never have smelled anal glands but oh really that's yes (laughs) I've never smelled cat anal glands yeah that's what I'm saying Maine Coon specific yeah um Mm -hmm, because it was very big it was a big cat yeah well they can get huge they can get like 30 yeah yeah it was pretty big cat pretty smelly um Ooh. yeah the, the snake was pretty smelly that like I I it, was, it smells like inside me like I can rem- like every once in a while like get a memory of it and like almost be able to taste it and it's like Ugh. um but the longer you're in like the room with it um it you couldn't really smell it after a while so yeah I think it just became part of me now um Ooh, yeah that's... anyway so <laughs> how are your animals doing Thankfully, I haven't smelled any mental <laughs> I have no decaying rat smell, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> or dead um uh oh, what was that? Oh, that's my rabbit. Oh, so I'm currently fostering a rabbit. I did mention that the last episode. I didn't really get into it. Um, but she's gonna be staying with me. She's so freaking cute. She's trying to she's trying to flop in her litter box right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and what so, kind of rabbit do you mention? What kind? Yeah, she's a Flemish giant rabbit. Um oh. The only thing though, she's definitely like mixed because she's she's a tiny girl. Uh, she <laughs> was an abandoned rabbit, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Found in uh, one of the like more popular parks in our city. Uh, thankfully, we got her as soon as someone did notice her. We were able to get her really easily. Apparently, she just kind of came over. Like, Aww. Her down or anything? I'm like, oh, that's pretty cute. Oh my gosh, uh, she came in super underweight. Mm-hmm. you could see by neglect and everything like that but like she was just all spine could barely like pet her because you know like when you're petting down someone's bones it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh she's gaining yeah. so much weight she eats so many so many pellets <laughs> like in <laughs> comparison because i forget it's like four rabbits in yeah one. yeah so i, I know right it's like they, they eat, eat at like dog bowls yeah well yeah so i'm still like trying to measure out it's a little a little more difficult to be like, okay, well, you're an anorexic rabbit, but also I can't overfeed you and let you just eat whatever the mm-hmm. fuck you want and get you, like you get yeah. fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but she's doing super well. Uh, I used to have a hamster. I did mention it beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. He was a, I don't know what to call it, a rescue. He was a rescue hamster. He was abandoned at my store. Um, and he was like a year and a half old because he was abandoned on a box. In the box at a year Aww. and a half old so I'll take mm-hmm. him in and I'm surprised because his situation was pretty fucked up yeah <laughs> I'll probably mention it in another episode of uh the weirdest like uh, drop-off stories yeah. we've ever had but uh I'm considering what everything looked like and everything uh, I was assuming this hamster must have been hell and neglected and not in good health but if he was a year and a half old he stayed with me for six months so he lived to two years Oh, absolutely awesome uh but unfortunately yeah he did pass oh no poor ludicrous yeah oh yeah his that name was ludicrous name. yeah <laughs> i have a, I have a, a certain name themes around that one of them is mm-hmm. rappers and uh his name is ludicrous no 
he had a good rest of his life so yeah. that's so sweet what about you you had a bird last time yeah so I have um Chiro she's a budgie that was found outside by someone who called into the vet clinic and they couldn't keep her so I said I'd take her um she was pooping a lot of blood she had like internal ulcers from the stress of being outside and so she was put on two different kind of medication um an antibiotic and the, the, another one for the ulcers and she's been getting better she's been eating a lot um she's still a little skittish and I gave her a really big cage okay so you I still have her with her. you in your house yeah yeah she's over there I'll like turn I, if, if people are like watching they can see oh. I guess yeah you can see her cage um yeah and that's actually the all living things rat starter kit cage from yeah Westmark. it works so yeah because like the only difference is it doesn't have like a pull-out tray which like whatever so rodent cages I found are usually like a bird cage but more space for less money like oh yeah absolutely. wake up sheeple yeah oh. but <laughs> like, honestly I, so I have a ferret nation right here so it's like yeah for parent nations together right that's my main bird cage yeah, like I think like the critter nations are great for like small parrots. I think the only thing is like the bars on them are sort of weaker usually. So they can't stand up like a very strong or like larger bird. Oh, but mine, for small, mine's in, not, like, not so much intense. on like the, not so much on like the ferret nations, but on like, like the all living things like rat one, like the bars are like super weak. So I wouldn't put anything like oh, bigger I than a mean, yeah. green yeah, yeah. conure, like pyre or conure in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the ferret nation ones, the bars are usually pretty strong. The only thing though is um, I can't put like any baby budgies in there because the bar spacing is like, you know, yeah. still fairly wide. So they could escape yeah. if they want to. <laughs> yeah, the bar spacing on this one's like really good. It's like half yeah. So are you going to be keeping her or like, are you just kind yeah. of getting her to help? Yeah, like we've um she's healthy now pretty much her poops are good she's eating um so like i we posted i posted a bunch of like lost and found bird groups online and things like that i couldn't find any postings that were similar to her so i don't think her owner will come forward she did have like an overgrown sear problem like she had a keratin overgrowth i haven't done blood testing yet to see like what the cause of that is but i think maybe they released her so they thought like it looked like bad like mites or something um but yeah so there's that churro's doing good um and i got dubia roaches where did and you get them from i got are you able sketchy to say? breeder sketchy breeder because they're illegal in canada yeah i was so, like are you able to say where you got it from yeah, like, no, I I, so i went to um if you know toronto queen and ronces veils to get them and like i messaged the guy and like right after i, I messaged him on kijiji he um like deleted his ad and so I was just like messaging him and um the other things he was selling I checked like his other ads and it was all like audio equipment and like his tarantulas molts which were mounted in Tupperware sandwich boxes on his wall <laughs> that he was also selling um so after messaging him be like okay like because we agreed on a time and everything so I was like okay I'm like half an hour away okay I'm like 15 minutes away and there's like no response I'm like okay I'm outside and then so no response. I was like standing inside this like building, kind of like a not so great area. Um, and I called him and like it rang for a long time. They picked up and I think I woke him up and he's like, hey, he's like, oh, did you message me? I was like, yeah, I messaged you like three times. He's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, just give me 15 minutes. He's like, I, my bins are filling up and I got to tape up the holes. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, it sounded pretty ominous. So I was just like, oh, okay. And then I just waited. And it was taking a really long time. I'm like, oh my God, is this guy just like running around his apartment, grabbing random cockroaches from his apartment? And they're not like, like I'm dubious of these dubias, okay? Like <laughs> what if these are not like real Peruvian dubia cockroaches? These are just like random, like Queen of Ronces Vale's apartment cockroaches is like oh grabbing for me. That is something and, that would happen. Yeah. So like I waited, waited. And then he finally came down. He was like sketchy, but like nice enough um but he like handed me this clear jar like filled to the brim of cockroaches and like I, I had right? I brought like forty dollars because I I couldn't make change because no one really accepts cash because he wanted it in cash he wouldn't do e transfer um <laughs> which I know sounds like super sketchy but I got my cockroaches but um so I was like throw some extra ones in and so I think I got maybe like 80 I don't know but the, it was like full I was Are like you I have to go for yourself then mm-hmm are you going to breed them now yourself then? Yeah, they're breeding right now. Okay, they're like awesome. having babies as we speak. They actually have live birth, which is super disturbing. And it's not, I don't want to think about, oh. but, um, so 
I had this like clear jar filled to the brim with cockroaches. It looked disgusting. I'm like, I have to take the public trans. I have to take a subway back home holding this jar of cockroaches. So I stuffed them like in my backpack and um, I found out what he meant by like taping up the holes. Cause like the baby ones are very, very small. And he'd put them all in the bin and like the air holes were small. So we had to tape up the air holes to like a certain point. So the babies couldn't get out because they can't climb a flat surface. So we had to like tape them up. Yeah. So I, and I was not expecting the size of them. So I've only seen like the baby ones, like the nymphs or whatever, like people feed, like feeding them to the lizards. So I've never yeah, seen like I feel an like adult. The most I've seen is maybe like what? A few centimeters. Like they're like two like, inches be, long. Yeah, two inches long. I mean, like, I'm like, no, oh, no, they're like giants. I was not expecting this. They're huge and disgusting. They don't look like anything because, like, what they're like baby like nymphs. They look like cute little like pill bugs or something. These are yeah. like full whole ass cockroaches. Are they like four or five inches? Yeah. No, oh, I wouldn't. Fuck. I I think I said four or five inches at first, but then someone was like showing me on a rule. They're like they're not that big. I'm like, yeah, okay, they're like two. I exaggerated. Oh, okay. feel so like they're four like to it. five inches. And they have like the males have wings. They can't fly, but they can just like descend. But Hover. It's still it's yeah they can't really hover this like if they fall they can like break their fall basically but they can't fly oh like rtd um yeah <laughs> basically but like they're nasty and they like the other problem with them is like they know they're nasty because like they do that thing like when you look at them they all run away like cockroaches do <laughs> like i gave them like a, an apple slice today and they were all like eating it i'm like oh that's kind of cute i'll like look at them i like opened the lid and they all like immediately like dispersed with like that running sound like do 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 like they all like, you hear them like scuttling away yeah. <laughs> and i'm like this is disgusting like they know they're disgusting they know they know they're, they're like, nasty <laughs> yeah that's funny because like the pill bugs and stuff like when they're eating they're all like cute and like looking at you and they're eating like they know they're cute but these like hide me it's so disgusting anyway yeah that's <laughs> my dubia roach story jesus i i just started i was reading mealworms i think i'm like oh this is gross i will never breed dubia roaches after that oh. no like they're they don't smell though i will say they do not smell um and they do not chirp or make any noise except for the scuttling um <laughs> i don't think i could handle so. that <laughs> yeah so they're okay the lizards are eating them so yeah oh my god i must be i'm jealous though i might have to get some off of you yeah they're That's... they're breeding uh, cause yeah, it was just start selling. Cause um, are we allowed to say that online? Nobody's fucking watching. Just this. start important. selling. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody important is watching. I'll this sell shit. them by the O. <laughs> so, no, they're so beneficial for the reptiles, and it sucks. I don't know yeah. why they're not they're legal in Canada, but like it's so annoying. Which is weird because it goes because I like was looking if they'd like breed if they escaped obviously because I'm horrified about like introducing cockroaches to my apartment apparently they'll just die if they escape but I've also read that they're invasive so I don't know what the truth is and just, what is the truth uh, what is the truth yeah I don't well you know what anyway. don't let them escape and they won't be invasive yeah yeah so that's oh. all good um I also got like dairy cow isopods which are very cute so no complaints oh, yeah. there yeah they're pretty cute oh my gosh it's I need to redo my bioactive soon because mm -hmm. everyone's I'm getting a bunch of plants everyone's getting plants right now like I, I'm, the, I'm the asshole that started a garden <laughs> during quarantine <laughs> really yeah so I'm like plant crazy and I'm like oh I need to re just redo my bioactive Aww. I wish I like having like a garden is like a goal like growing a, a tomato or having like what my goal is is to have like an aquaponic like herb garden with like a I beta a tank garden, yeah. in the kitchen but like, I want like growing out of a beta tank though. I want to be like, oh shit, shit, hydroponic yeah. or aquaponic. Like, what is the truth? But what is the difference? But yeah, um, I don't. I use them interchangeably. Yeah, I don't think there's a, a huge difference. Anyway, um, so our topic for today. Is, yeah, back back on track. Yeah, so our topic for today is rehoming your pet or adopting a rehome pet. So. Um, well, first we'll get into guess the most difficult decision there is, is, is it like, when is it okay to rehome a pet? Is it ever okay to rehome a pet? Um, and I Just think like the general, yeah, that general sentence, do you rehome a pet? Yeah. Do you, should you? And like, I guess, obviously like it, it's not morally wrong to rehome a pet, like in every situation at all. Um, in a lot of situations, it's more beneficial for the pet. Mm -hmm. So it's for, not something I would say. Yeah. So we're both like, both yes people on this, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can rehome you. It's a benefit yeah. to rehome. Uh, we both have that idea. 
So the people that are, I guess, either on the fence about that topic or, uh, or just like plain out, they like, no, you should never rehome a pet. You should always stick to it. Uh, you know what? If you are rehoming a pet, to me, that is the most selfless action you can do. You're mm-hmm. putting everything but yourself as like priority. You're putting their health at priority. Uh, the only thing though is, are you re- actually rehoming it? So example, if you do it, let's do something a little bit more relatable. Your cat got out, it got pregnant, and now you're getting mm-hmm. rid of the babies. That's not rehoming. <laughs> like that's yeah. now getting rid of babies. That could have been avoided. Accident. Yeah. Like because yeah. of your accident. That way get your cat fixed. Jesus fucking Christ. Get your cat fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not necessarily rehoming. Rehoming, I would consider to be, you got an animal or animals that that you can no longer care for or never have been able to care for but now you're just realizing it you know like that type of thing Mm -hmm. uh or maybe it was something that you're technically only taking care of temporarily but I would kind of consider that more of a foster situation yeah because you know it's not you know it's only a temporary housing it was never meant to be permanent Mm -hmm. so that's what I would do you have a different definition to it no I think that's pretty much my definition too um Maybe I'll just, like Google quickly and see like if there's like a main definition of what it would be. Yeah, what's what's what, what does Google say? I'm like, um, yeah, but I would say I pretty much agree with what you say. Um, I think it should have the animal's best interests at heart, definitely. Here, here's an opinion. I uh, Google a suit like a little a pet definition. So this is a, a definition from rabbitsonline.net. I think of selling as giving the animal to the first person who comes along gives you the money. Rehoming is when you have a pet you can't keep anymore. You want to find it another good home. You may or may not get money for it. So I think, um, yeah, basically, like, I think if it's the animal's best interest at heart, maybe there will be an adoption fee. Maybe yeah. not, but the money shouldn't yeah. be what comes first. Yeah, I would um, say you're kind of, re- you're either reselling it. If you're rehoming and you are actually putting animal's best interest forward then you could yeah I I guess selling maybe has a worse connotation to it like it's a lot of people see a bad view on it because let's say you have uh, a rabbit and then that's probably one of the most common ones unfortunately is like rabbits uh that are going back up on whatever selling platform website uh, and then they have an adoption fee to them or people are like needs a home ASAP and then like has $10 on it or something like that, mm-hmm. right? For me, if you're going to rehome, it should be for the animal. But I would say if you, in that description, you could put, would you be able to give a donation to it? Because maybe you're rehoming because you can no longer take care of it. Yeah. Or, like you had something wrong with your financial thing to like crash and now you can no longer afford yeah. it. Yeah, and I feel like you should also charge some some price at least just to kind of warn out people who want it for like bad purposes. If you're purposes. putting it online, that is if you are yeah, putting if you're, it online. Yeah. yeah, if you're putting it online, like people, to weed out people who want it for bad purposes, people who may not have the means um, to look after an animal. Um, That's, yeah, yeah then, that goes for adoption too, just in general. Like, yeah. look at what prices are and realistic and what keeps your animal like, safe away from and I think people. If you, yeah, exactly. And if you are going to charge like a fee for it, you should also make sure that like people are getting their money's worth. Like I don't want to refer to it, but you don't want to give them just like a sick animal yes. in like a crappy enclosure and then charge them like a hundred dollars for it when they're basically yeah. doing the animal a favor. Like you should have it like vet checked um, and with like a basic like blood and wellness testing done. And I mean, it, it goes as saying, obviously you should have a proper enclosure for your animal. Mm-hmm. if you can't then I would it. say like yeah if you if you don't have any of those things like uh which you normally do see I would say don't put a price on it just do as much interrogation mm-hmm. as you can uh if you're rehoming you're usually talking to people you know anyway first because mm-hmm. they're more reliable or you talk to people that are looking for something you're on smaller communities that you can trust and are more reliable rather than on a selling uh, or like a reselling uh, website yeah that was just a ran- any random person. Yeah, exactly. And I'd say probably look into people you know more um, than just posting it on a website. And like, and if you do have to post it online to get like a, a bigger reach, maybe go to like a Facebook group or something for mm-hmm, exactly. like, animal people in your area. That way it's like a bigger group of like animal people, but you know, it's still people who know, have knowledge of pet care 
Um, and I think that's probably a better way to do it mm-hmm. uh, than just posting it online to so whoever is looking. What, what would you say is like, yeah, this needs to be rehomed or uh, maybe you can make adjustments and keep it or uh, mm-hmm. like they're like, like you could still stick to it or like what makes that, that difference? Like what is yeah. crossing the line where you got to rehome it now? And then that's going to be varied on every situation, but if you can give an example, just so we know your stance on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, length of time owning the pet definitely factors in. Um, if it's a pet you've owned its entire life and then it's suddenly developed issues, it would be very hard to give up that animal. And it would like, I, I feel like it would kind of be a moral problem, like rehoming a pet that you've kept since it was like, you know, very small or you've had it for years and then it suddenly develops an issue to just get rid of it because of that when it's been with you for that long. Um, so I feel like in that case, you should definitely try if it's an animal you acquired more recently, um, and it's has like, and you've tried working with it, you've tried everything and it's still like, you just can't take care of it or it's affecting or has behavioral problems that are affecting your life greatly and you can't seem to fix and you feel it's not beneficial to the animal, then that would be a situation where you would rehome it. Um, and so, yeah, I think length of time owned, um, if you've tried several different things like to do with the animal and if it's, and also it depends like whether it's a behavioral issue you're rehoming it for, or if you just can't care for it. Mm-hmm. Like, there, I feel yeah, like if you, there's health, yeah. there's finance, there's behavior. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe, uh, what's some other things like housing, uh, yeah. like allergies, like that type yeah of yeah like I guess like an exterior like source like some yeah, exactly. family can't sometimes it's like kind of beyond your control or like your landlord is saying like no or like your parents are saying no or someone like in a family member is allergic so yeah I feel like um so to rephrase like if it's an animal like you don't have the means to take care of then definitely re- rehome it like you, you shouldn't really be like trying to like accomplish proper husbandry for an animal yeah like, it should have that like, yeah that's, that's basic yeah like underlying care that should yeah. already be done that's not something yeah if you it's like toward. a behavioral issue like if you've like and again like if even if it's an animal you've had for a long time and suddenly you're like unable to like care for it completely because financial crisis then then yeah then even in that situation then I think rehoming it would be in its best interest if it's a behavioral issue um, then that's something you should definitely try uh, to work with um, and also take into account like how much is the behavior issue affecting your life like mm-hmm. is it really like greatly impacting your ability to like uh, like live properly um, and so I think that's something you should definitely try multiple different ways to fix and then see if maybe it's something like intrinsic like you can't get rid of like maybe the dog is stressed out because you have children and it, it doesn't like being around like in a busy household. And so it would be genuinely happier with someone else. Like that's something you can't really adapt around to change that behavior of this dog. Cause that's just like how your household is. You can't change yeah, that. There's trauma too. Yeah. With certain animals. Yeah. Like you can't like fix that. Like you could help mm-hmm. it, but a lot of times you can't fix Yeah. It. And that kind of comes into like being aware before you adopt an animal. Like if you adopt like mm-hmm. a very traumatized dog or cat or, or pet, like that animal will come with its host of issues. You need to be aware of these things before you bring it into your home. Then you won't have to like just be another home like in its life and pass it around somewhere else. Um, so yeah, I think those are definitely some situations where rehoming would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those are like, and again, like the other reasons, like, um, yeah, if like your family or your landlord or some other issue, you can't change at all and you have to get rid of the animal, then you do just make sure, you know, it goes to the right home is able to care for it properly. And again, things that you should look into before you get an animal, like check with your landlords, make sure you have your parents or your, whoever you're living with approval. Um, if someone has an allergy, maybe don't get a kind of animal that would irritate that allergy mm-hmm. so. yeah like those are I would agree on all parts with that mm-hmm. absolutely yeah like um for me the only time I'd be like stick with your animal other than 
the factor of like you like the age and everything like that you're saying like you grew up with it uh you raised it and like it's now mm-hmm. yeah it would probably affect you worse if you put like more effort into just helping the, uh, the situation rather mm-hmm. than rehoming because yeah it does that's that's a real thing we don't want to just be like kick the animal out right away if you yeah. can't take care of it properly you could always adjust your lifestyle mm-hmm. to do so right um so other than sticking I guess uh Yeah. The only time I would say if you can stick to it is that like, you know, it's not all the checkpoints are maybe not as great, like not mm-hmm. perfect, but say like, uh, oh, I'm having a hard time like describing this. You got an animal and you know, it could have a better lifestyle, but you know, you could work up to it, but no, you know, you could also have more money without this animal or, you know, you could do yeah. some other things without this animal but you got an animal for a reason let's say like mm-hmm. uh emotional support or something to take care of you know like just uh in general a friend or something like that and they don't uh like i've seen a lot of like Gigi ads where i thought uh and i've even seen a video of a channel called lennon bunny yeah love her she's absolutely great uh she was actually having a conversation with someone on the phone she was having people adjust their Kijiji ads to yeah. make it more beneficial for the animal that's going to be uh, rehomed, right? Mm-hmm. And one person that she was talking to was saying, oh, yeah, I'm getting rid of the rabbit because uh, I'm gone eight hours of the day. I'm come home. And she was asking about, like, what the setup was. Like, if it was up in a cage yeah. or anything, then, yeah, that sucks. But it was in a playpen. It had the appropriate amount of space. It still had everything it is. And that's actually a beneficial, like, that's a good scenario yeah. for a rabbit to be in. Yeah, exactly. Like, if like that's actually not bad at all. I think we're too during ourselves. the day. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, that would be you, scenarios. I would th- be like, you know what, stick to it. And I guess like it just really needed that conversation because she got the mm-hmm. rabbit because uh, whether whether they got the rabbit because of themselves, their kids or at that, they really care for the animal. Yeah. And uh, like, especially if you had it for at least a few years or at that, you've definitely developed such a good relationship with that animal. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like it's not that that bad I'd be like you know what stick with it you're I think you're being too hard on yourself with your care and that this is actually a good s- situation for your yeah animal. You and don't that's need like to a situation it. where like weighing like the potential like is the stress of like this animal having to go to a new home and like mm-hmm. settle into a new place is that worth more like than it how it is right now like would exactly. it be a great improvement if it went through all of this or would it just be kind of the same and then like that like no it as if I just stick with it maybe give the rabbit some more like enrichment in its playpen every day like it'll be fine yeah or like maybe you got a new job like for but you know you could you're gonna that position's gonna change or something like that so maybe you have a an animal at home whether it be a dog or a cat or a rabbit or I thought you don't get as much interaction with them something that we need like actual human interaction mm-hmm. uh, but you know your situation's temporary like let's say okay I'm gonna have to work and travel a long way. So I'm going to be out, not at home for a long time, but I'm going to still make sure they at least get a walk every second day or something like that. And that's going to be like mm-hmm. that for maybe, I don't know, three months, let's say. That's not the yeah. worst thing ever. Like as long as you're planning for that to get better, mm-hmm. Retha, and you're checking. Yeah, you have like a plan of action. Yeah, exactly. I have a plan of action for it to get better. Cause like with that dog example for, uh, that's, that's a scenario where you're not meeting all the check, like the checklist. Yeah points you're not meeting all of them but you're planning on changing that it's only temporary well with the rabbit one you've met all the checkpoints you're just being too hard on yourself mm-hmm. so I guess that would be the only two I'd be like yeah let's you could stick with your animal like you could uh not, I don't want to say suck it up that's not the right word that's definitely not the right phrasing I want to use for it uh but definitely stick to it because we you know we get animals for a reason they do yeah help us a lot um but I do want to talk about like the the checklist of like getting an animal yeah yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, and I also have a quick question but before that. Something I was just wondering, how would you how do you feel of people who rehome an animal then get another animal soon after? That depends. So like if you're talking behavioral issues, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it as common? <laughs> no, but that's the only thing though with behavior is behavior is never guaranteed because mm-hmm. change of environment could affect behavior and it usually does. Yeah. Um, so for me, example, when I saw a hamster, 
mm-hmm. they're like, get me the, what's the nicest hamster you have here? And I'm like, does not matter. These hamsters yeah. are all going to go through travel. They're going to go inside of a completely new cage and you're not even going to be able to interact with it for a while, uh, mm-hmm. like almost a week. And then, so it does absolutely does not fucking matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's true. Stress thing, you're going to have an angry hamster on your usually, usually, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, oh, sorry, what was the question again? How do you feel about people who like rehome their pet and then they get another pet like yeah. right after or soon or after? When you hear that, when you hear that initially, Mm-hmm. you want to be a red flag like you want you want to yeah. like you have a red flag in your head you're like what the fuck mm-hmm. usually yeah. like if you saw a post yeah, that's exactly. just like oh I got another one instead or you heard a mm-hmm. friend say that you'd be like what the fuck yeah so behavioral and you know all the background and you went through all the things to help the behavioral issue and it's still not working out for you I can kind of understand because if you had an animal for a purpose you're still looking for that purpose yeah right yeah but I'm going to say most of the time I hear that story, that is not the case. I know, exactly, yeah. It is, I don't like this color or that behavior things was was true, but they put no work mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Or they got bored or, uh, like, that's, it's usually a bad issue. It, that's like the, yeah. that's me being the devil's advocate for that really small percentage Mm-hmm. I know yeah I think I agree with that too like there are like the odd like case where like I guess it makes sense but most of the time it's no bueno like um I mean like I guess maybe I can get if someone who someone got an animal and it was like higher maintenance than they expected so they had to rehome it then they adjusted their expectations or did their research and got an animal that like fit their lifestyle more like okay but you should have done that in the first place and not put that animal through that of getting it then getting rehomed um yes. so yeah I think it mostly probably no um yeah. anyway and yeah, also so that, oh, to tag along with that that's also a thing if maybe it's just wrong timing mm-hmm. you know like you do have to rehome it because you're like you know what the research let's say you have a hamster mm-hmm. and you got all the stuff for it too uh yeah. but like you realize the, you do all your research you're like oh shit I have a critter trail and like all oh, this is wrong I thought I did my research I thought I did like stuff that's not as uh, easy mm-hmm. to point out, right? Yeah. Um, and then you're like, you know what? As soon as I, I can't fit a 60 gallon in my college dorm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but as soon as I'm out, I'm going to get that and I'm going to get a hamster again, but I'm going to make sure this goes to a good home. Yeah. But it's like, I don't hear that story. <laughs> no. no I, I don't think I've ever it. heard that story. <laughs> yeah. So if that, if that happened to you and you're, re- and like, that's, it's all about rehoming it to a, what you know now, right? So, like, if you know your knowledge now, then you know that this hamster needs to go to a huge area for them. Like, they need to be out of this critter trail, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to do that, be a good person about it. So, yeah. otherwise, if you're getting another animal right after, I, for what reason? Like, there was not a lesson mm-hmm. learned here. This is impulsive. No. This is selfish. And it's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> Usually. yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Not all people, but most people. Yeah. Sounds about right. All right. So I guess you're going to go into, um, it, what was it? Like how, what kind of pet, or is it how to say no? How we should say no? Oh, I was saying the checklist. Animals? Yeah. I was saying the checklist of how do you know you can get, how you, wait, how do you know you're ready for an animal? Like you've done you, your shit. Okay. So okay. what is that checklist? I think we all have like the same thing. Like, I think the biggest thing, finance. Because mm-hmm. that's something you're not going to be able to change. Usually. No. Usually you're stuck with what you got for a long time, at least, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so if you don't have the funds uh, to continue taking care of the animal, no. And if you don't have the mm-hmm. funds to meet the basic uh, requirements for the animal, that's an absolute fucking No. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And like, um, veterinary care should factor into that. Yes. Yeah. So when we're budgeting, let's go over finances just really quick. When we're budgeting, Mm -hmm. what is everything encompassing? For me, vet is probably one of the most important because usually when you get an animal, Mm -hmm. you won't do your vet check pretty soon or right away. Yeah. Yeah. So so definitely vet care, um, for, um, like for, you know, non dog cat animals, making sure you have a proper enclosure um 
and no, like, that's, that's the still dog, yeah dog and cat too enclosure can yeah. encompass the house I guess, if you have yeah. a great dane you can't be in a condo mm-hmm. you need to have a backyard yeah. <laughs> like at least yeah true yeah so uh, make sure you have the proper enclosure um you have Oh wait, we're still talking about like finance specifically. Yeah, right? it's, uh, like yeah. what would you budget? Like, what's your budgeting structure? Yeah, so like for... enclosure for reptiles, I'd have to include like lighting and heating, um, both like the I guess the the factor on the lighting and heating electricity bill, and also like having mm-hmm. to replace UVB bulbs and basking bulbs and stuff as they break or expire. Um, food, food is definitely a big one. Um, so we have veterinary care, housing food I guess bedding would go for that bedding substrate I guess that kind of goes with housing um may I do water bills too to water bills because, true especially for like yeah. fish yeah water well, fish is a huge aquatic, one yeah yeah uh me I'm actually or anything thinking, that needs an aquatic area yeah I'm thinking like for me I have guinea pigs and they're mm-hmm. on um they're on reasonable mats Please. like oh, okay. yeah so oh I, I see laundry so fucking often yeah. So yeah, my water bill is going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. So that's like another thing. Even instead of finance, is the time and cleaning. The time involved in cleaning. Yeah, time is money. Definitely. Yeah, because <laughs> so, time yeah, is money. That, I would put that and, in like, the finances. Yeah. So like the time involved in cleaning. Um, and I guess another like non-finance, like general space. Do you have like the physical space to accommodate the enclosure, or just like the other animal in your house will it have its own space? Um, timing, the space. Like, yeah timing again for things like if it's a dog like you need to take it out for exercise for runs if it's certain breeds of dog they'll need more exercise um yeah do um do you have if you live with other people uh Mm -hmm. you need to have their agreement on the animal too Mm -hmm. and this is usually uh, unfortunately children so if if you're a minor under 16 don't be angry at me calling you a child at that of just saying that you have a parental guardian right yeah actually no like, but that people are older and have parental guardians and exactly can't put their foot down yeah like and I, one thing I've seen a lot of like I, even on like animal professional groups is like people will be like oh I want to get this pet and I'm like 30 and I live with my parents like I'm not saying there's something wrong with that or anything they're like I'm 30 I live with my parents my parents don't want me to get it and people were playing the times going you're 30 years old do what you want put your foot down just bring it home it's like no you're 30 years old, but you're still living <laughs> yeah. with other people. You don't just bring home a dog. Like, and I'm assuming if you're living with your, your parents, like you're either getting a cut, like you're, you're getting um, a discount on rent or you're not paying rent. And again, like I know a lot that I live with my dad right now. Like I know it, it's hard. People will live with their parents. There's nothing wrong with that at all, but you do need to consider like those people, right? Like if it doesn't even got to be your parents, could be your roommate. Yeah, again, like it, it doesn't have to be your parents. It's just people that are living in a house with you mm-hmm. that you need their permission to bring home an animal. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're 16, 35, or 60. If you're living with other people, you need their permission or bringing home an animal or it's not going to be the best situation for that animal because people won't want it there. <laughs> yeah, I would say to give the benefit of the doubt, if you do have, a, I don't know, example, like let's say, something that would be able to fit in your room if you have a separate room mm-hmm. if you want to get a bed of fish I don't think yeah. there should be a huge fight on that yeah uh, no. but let's just say oh I'm getting a hog nose and it just needs this much space and that but your roommate's afraid of snakes and mm-hmm. will not be that's going to cause you guys issues later on not even like take the animal out of that that's a yeah. <laughs> issue that your guys are like you don't want to cause issues with the people in your household right. exactly. over your animal because then that's going to be now of a discussion of get rid of the animal eventually mm-hmm. right so or like oh they're gonna get used to it or like uh they're afraid of dogs and they'll they'll get used to it like that's it's gonna cause issues maybe it is maybe a small percentage actually get used to it and don't care but mm-hmm. I and you don't want to risk that it's not yeah, I don't want to recommend like that stress ever. or life yeah yeah like exactly and like even I would say even if it is something like small you can like keep in your room and there's no logical reason why they should say no and they're being completely illogical saying you can't have a better fish even then even if you do risk it like that's still like again like opening up a gateway for potential issues so in that situation you kind of have to like consider like is it worth the possible fights I might get in for like having this fish or this hamster in my room um 
So yeah, so it's always it's uh, so I guess I'd be on the checklist to have as many conversations as you can have about it. Whatever you know your knowledge about the animal, they should also know. So if you're saying mm-hmm. if you're saying getting a hamster and they're thinking just a tiny thing and you come in with a fucking huge ass 75 gallon tank they're like what yeah. the fuck is this right like i didn't sign up for this yeah. you need to have a conversation beyond the hamster itself like, i know and that can help convince them too it. like it can help convince them too because like have a reasonable like conversation like let's say, let's say you want to get like a lizard but people are like oh no like the the that's a fire hazard because of the heat lamp and but like you don't have a proper discussion so like you just like you don't get the lizards, they'd say no. Like if you had a proper discussion and addressed their concerns, you're like, oh, well, we can get a thermostat that'll make sure the heater doesn't overheat. And they're like, oh, well, what if it gets out of the tank? It's like, well, we can get the tank that has like a locking door. I can show you and get like another lock to put on it. Um, yeah. Like things like that. So if you do have a conversation, open yourself up to that. You can work through your issues potentially as well. So mm-hmm. just communication is good. <laughs> That's the baseline. Got it. Oh, one thing too is uh, not just encompassing you, but the everybody in the household, it really affects them, is allergies. A lot of people just mm-hmm. think about themselves uh, when it comes to allergies, but what about your housemates or not that? If you're going yeah. to get uh, a rabbit, let's say, and you're, you don't know if you're allergic to it, go, like you, I, I suggest going to a rescue, going to a person you know, uh, going somewhere to kind of, you know, test out your allergies if you can, if you didn't have an allergy test done. And a lot of people develop allergies uh, over time too. So just try to get as much like interaction as you can just to be sure mm-hmm. about it. Like uh, if I, I work in a pet store, right? If somebody comes over to me and it's not busy, let me just, mm-hmm. let me just enhance that. It's not yeah. fucking busy. And you're like, may I uh, interact with a guinea pig or something just to mm-hmm. see if I'm allergic to it. I'm not planning on buying it. I just want to see if I'm mm-hmm. allergic to it. Yeah. I am not going to be angry at that. I'm yeah. be like, for sure, you are a responsible person. Absolutely. I'm not going to let yeah, you no, that's a very good play idea. or anything with it, but I will have you exposed to the hay and exposed to everything else. Mm-hmm. And you should get your roommates with you or your housemates with you because uh, mm-hmm. hay is something that goes into the air like uh, yeah, easily. And it's, yeah, for people that are allergic, it's really hard on their systems, especially like their lungs if they have asthma. Oh, yeah, I can imagine, yeah. No, so that is a really good idea to like go and actually interact with the animal to make sure you don't have any allergies to it. Yeah, if it's a common animal and like usually we're not talking, you're not going to be aller- usually allergic to like fish or reptiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're usually talking about more common animals. So if it's cat, dog or rodent. Furry or things. Yeah, yeah, furry things. Uh, usually you could find someone to hopefully interact with it because it's a pretty common pet. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So other than housemates and everything, budgeting, uh, something I would put on the list research. Yeah. Checklist. It has to be. And it's probably actually the first thing I want to put in there because then that you research how much the budgeting mm-hmm. is, you research what encompasses their care and everything. Yeah. Like how uh, familiar you, you are with the pet. Um, exactly. yeah, cause I think like how this information is useful is because in our line of work, we're offered a lot of animals for rehoming, like just customers. Like I think like my second day at PetSmart, I was begging for gifts for someone. They're just like randomly like, do you want my bearded dragon? I don't really want him anymore. He's orange. He has a log he sits on. I'm like, oh my God, like I want this lizard, but like, I don't think I have the space. So like, if you take all these things, you need to take all these things into consideration when you get like these animals offered to you um before saying yes I know it's really hard to say no to animals when they're in need but um you can always give people alternatives like recommend them or refer them to like a rescue or something Mm -hmm. so yes these are all important things to take into consideration so yeah I think another thing is like how familiar you are with the animal like if someone's offering you some type of animal you've never kept before um and you want to adopt it but like you're not too familiar um I would say like don't immediately say yes like if you want like maybe go do some research and see how difficult it is to keep if it's similar to any animals you've kept before um you don't want to get in over your head yeah oh do you want to go in just really quickly uh about I guess how to research your animal I want to do I want to do a whole episode on it but I think this would actually be more beneficial to us is Mm -hmm. right now uh so if you, when I say research, you're like, okay, how the fuck do I research? Do I just Google? That's one thing you could start. Mm-hmm. I would, if you're at least Googling, you're doing at least 50% more than what your average animal owner does, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only I, thing though is 
just like what you learned in school about Wikipedia and Google is that you don't trust just one website. You don't yeah, just- Yeah, you cross-reference. You cross-reference every fucking thing you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give some helpful advice though of um, different platforms you can look at for research, a lot of it is on social media, thankfully. So uh, I guess most animal people I know of are on, uh, like at least information-wise, not just like cat photos, because mm-hmm. uh, that would be Instagram. <laughs> Um, yeah. but Facebook is a really, really good, useful tool. Um, it will be just as crazy as the internet is. It's going to be varying a lot of opinions. It's going to be a lot of people that are each, uh, helpful or sensitive or, you know, like they're, but you're, as long as you're doing the best you can within that community and, uh, just trying to get as much information to benefit your animal, that's fine. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say Facebook is a good one. Reddit is a good one uh, for other stuff like Tumblr and Twitter. These are not like good ones. I would say like I haven't yeah. really seen anything about it. YouTube is a good visual learner, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing with yeah. YouTube again uh, is that you could have like little kids on there. If I just start yeah, getting a hamster, like you could have a little kid getting opinions. a hamster and you could be getting uh, the wrong information, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are getting an animal for the first time and you're doing research, you're going to notice uh probably most animals yeah I would say most animals I was about to say half or least but you know most animals they have different care than what you originally had thought of them Mm -hmm. there's way more to it with every animal there's a huge like you're gonna be like what the fuck every time you look into the actual care of an animal yeah definitely oh and another couple things I thought of um to add for like considerations before you get it um, you should also consider lifespan of the animal because some of them do live for like yes. 30 to 60 years. So you need to know if you can make that commitment. Another thing is maximum size because for some things like reptiles and fish, they do grow um, exponentially. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to know that you'll be able to like um, accommodate the size of that animal. But yeah, yeah. there's just a couple of things I you could, Yeah, no, you could do um, that through, yeah, and you, could, you could find out that information too through your research. So exactly. if you're looking at these are types dragon of things care, you should be researching. Yeah, so you should know like the care. You saw in the store they're this big, but they're gonna be like a foot long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Require like a seventy-five gallon to I would suggest more closer to a hundred gallon tank for them. And yeah, like I know it's this big, and a hundred gallon maybe is a little bit too big for them now. But you're gonna need to expand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like definitely like do your research. Um, Cross reference sources. Try to find like veterinary like accredited sources that have citations, so it's not just like an owner's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like an owner is like kept an animal for like two years or something like try and find like actual like veterinarians breeders people who have owned this type of animal for a long time yeah. like people like you can look at clubs like there's different clubs for fish birds reptiles dogs who are just like sources of information there um, like so don't just go online talk to professionals too. like yeah. people like in person interact with the animals volunteer for like a rescue that has that type of animal I was about to say, one of my favorite ways of research is through uh, rescue groups because Mm -hmm. they are always updated with the, actually, no, I don't want to say that. There's some rescues out there that are just like. Yeah, not all of them, but a a reputable rescue. Yeah, let me not. Yeah, and like all these three like reputable sources. Yeah, let me not say all of them. But yeah. Yeah, because there are questionable ones, but in general, Mm -hmm. example, like all the rabbit rescues I've worked with, that's actually, it's only two, but all the two rabbit Mm -hmm. rescues I've worked with, uh, they really, really, really hone down on making sure you have uh, the proper setup for them. Mm-hmm. Everything like uh, there's another one I work with. Uh, it's called All Creatures Rescue, and so they do everything. They usually small animals, but they even have some cats in that too. Uh, mm-hmm. They really, really hone down on like them doing their research and giving you as much advice too. Uh, another place you could find, I guess, a little bit more professional stuff, but it is unfortunately very overwhelming is online forums. Yeah. So I would say maybe have that as your last one. Uh, and mm-hmm. then with all that, it's going to be overwhelming regardless. Mm-hmm. For yeah. New animal and read owners, the dates on the posts. Yeah. I don't want you. Like old, yeah. I don't want you to feel so stressed about it because like, if you shouldn't be rushing into your animal, so you should have time to process all this information and regardless of everything you're saying I do want you to come to your own opinion to it though mm-hmm. I want you to no, read definitely. all these different opinions 
see the pros and cons on both sides, not one side or one opinion, and then come to a definitive option for yourself Mm -hmm. and what you think would be most beneficial to your animal. Yes, exactly. And that's how you do your research before (laughs) you Mm -hmm. get your animal. So yeah, unfortunately, we, we, that's what we've been seeing a lot of people get more animals during the pandemic, right? So a lot of people are stuck in quarantine, but they're getting animals and they're rehoming them because they didn't go through this checklist. Mm-hmm. If you or they're going back animal, to work and they're like, oh, I have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, like if, yeah, if you want to get an animal during this, consider your lifestyle changes, consider their lifespan, consider your uh, budgeting and Uh, finances and your household Mm -hmm. and all the people it's affecting too yeah consider their special needs and especially if you're getting like an exotic animal even just a dog and cat but it is harder for an exotic make sure you find a vet like I would say find a vet clinic near you for like general care and checkups and also find a 24-hour emergency clinic just in case and for an exotic that might be somewhat difficult Um, And to find a good exotic vet, you want to make sure their website details that they do see exotics and that they're a member. Usually there's like a few national or like um, international associations of like exotic veterinarians or reptile veterinarians. You should have, they should have some sort of membership like that on their page because a lot of um, vet clinics will see exotics just because they want the money, but they're not particularly well-versed or comfortable with them. So you do want like um, a clinic that is comfortable and experienced treating exotic pets, which can be very hard to find actually. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's all of how to say no. It's like how to know when you're not ready for a pet, how to know when you are, how to get ready for a pet um, and the whole rehoming topic. So I guess if, unless, unless we have anything else left to say on that we can go into the um the kind of light-hearted end okay well we got pretty heated and serious uh this took a little bit of a longer turn so we're actually going to split this off into two parts uh so next week you will have part two of this conversation showing up as uh episode one uh so stay tuned for that we're going to finish off this conversation All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.